This is America's WebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. Hey, good morning, everybody. This is uh, welcome to IHC Radio. Uh, this is Brent Macy, Managing Director of the Institute for Healthcare Consumerism. And joined with me is uh, here in the studio is CEO and founder of the Institute for Healthcare Consumerism, Doug Field. Hey, Doug. Hey, good morning, Brent. How are you? Hey, good. How are you doing? I'm doing well. We've got a hot Atlanta weekend now, 100 degrees this weekend. Oh, so yeah. Bring, bring it on. We're right before the, the nice fall fall starts. And, uh, you know, the, actually, uh, you know, I was looking at the, the weather earlier, 95, 100, and, you know, could be could be worse, I guess. But, uh, you know, you, you go on. You live with it, right? You got it. But we, we got a hot show today, too. We got a really interesting show uh, uh, kicking off with uh, a traditional – and yet untraditional, uh, leading supplemental health uh, insurance company, Mutual, doing some really exciting things around uh, transparency. Yeah, we sure do. Uh, Todd Covert, he's the, the National Director of Strategy for uh, Mutual of Omaha. And uh, they've been actually working on a, a new product there at uh, Mutual of Omaha. And the, um, you know, the title of the first segment that's going to be coming up here after kind of the news and views will be, uh, will you consider breaking the status quo? And uh, Todd's really going to talk about this new product that they have, um, which is called Empower 360. And, um, you know, Todd's, Todd's been in the space a long time. He's, he's as I mentioned, the National Director of uh, Strategy at Mutual of Omaha and uh, was previously, looks like previously with um, Sun Life. And so he's been in the space a long time and uh, very interesting product that they're rolling out. And it just screams innovation. Um, and we talk about that all the time on the program. So uh, another, trans- another transparency player, but a uniqueness. I think there's room for all the players that are in this space right now. And a lot of them doing some very interesting thing. And then we follow with uh, you know, Kathy Kenworthy, who is the new CEO, she's been the COO, she just assumed the CEO role, uh, president role, uh, this summer in July with Interactive Health, one of the leading, you know, wellness health management companies in the business. And I think we're looking forward to talking to Kathy about what they're doing and how she's excited about talking about the connection of wellness and healthcare consumerism. Yeah, and Kathy has... has a very good background in uh, in the space. It looks like she's been in the space a long time, and uh, you know, really talking about as you mentioned, you know, where does wellness fit within healthcare consumerism? And we talk about it all the time that you know, once you the employer or the broker working with your employer clients, once you put that major medical plan in place, your next natural step look right at the wellness yep. because if you're moving to consumerism, uh, you know that's. You know, that is a next natural step. And then, uh, you know, looking forward to that. It's going to be great. And, and we're going to congratulate Kathy on, on her new role there at Interactive Health. So very happy for her. And then on the last segment, uh, we're going to have Michael Berry and uh, Adam Berry with uh, American Health Value. And Michael Berry is the CEO and Adam Berry is the regional marketing director there at uh, American Health Value. And they're really going to talk about what they're doing in the health savings account space and really talk to us about who American Health Value is and and then talk a little bit more about what they're doing um, with the state of Idaho. Yeah, with and, the Idaho MSA program. Right. So that, that should be very interesting. And, and uh, you know, so a great program lined up for everybody today. And, uh, you know, wanted to give a quick shout-out to John Young. John Young, his uh, – Called us this morning, wanting to listen to the radio program. He was driving from Minnesota. He's somewhere in Wisconsin on his way to to Indiana. So, I uh, hope you have a safe trip, John, and, and have a nice weekend. So, Doug, I know uh, you know I know we we chose 
some of the winners for our uh, annual yeah, the Consumers and Superstars. Yeah, to all, any of our listeners out there who submitted nominations, and uh, I really, really thank everyone for participating. We, we got over 125 nominations for our superstars, our annual superstars and industry innovator awards. And, you know, I'm not going to release specific names right now because I'm going to tease you all. It's going to come uh, later because we're in the process of notifying each of the award winners. But we have uh, major CEOs of health plans and employers of solution providers. We have whole benefit teams from Fortune 500 companies and uh, and not just Fortune 500 companies, from really quality mid-sized companies doing some things, some leading brokers and consultants and a lot of innovation leaders, you know, that we're uh, showcasing. But there'll be over 80 award winners uh, uh, overall. So very, very excited. And, uh, again, thank you uh, to any of our listeners that got behind this and presented the awards. I know everyone's busy, but this is uh, this is an important statement to the industry. This is all about showcasing these leaders and their best and better practices, and that's really the the the, the foundation of the institute: helping bring together collaboration, where the industry can learn, share, and connect with each other to build best and better practices. And so, the award, the superstars and innovators, is all about that: showcasing these leaders who are developing and putting in place best or better practices. And so, stay tuned. Uh Doug will make the bigger announcement next Friday on the program for everybody out there. And congratulations to all the award winners in this issue. You know, thank, And thank you to all everybody who sent in nominations. Know you're busy, um, but some really great nominations from everybody, and we really appreciate that. And these award winners will actually be showcased at IHC Forum West coming up November 10th through 12th in uh, Las Vegas. And so if you haven't... Um, signed up to attend the event event yet or if you're interested in sponsoring the event you can always contact me um and and get more information on that but attending the event we do still have the uh, 99 dollars summer saver saver rate um for everybody 99 bucks gets you into the conference and gets you um you know full passes to all the workshops the general sessions and um you know the exhibit hall there which is all in one room so it's very nice setup if you've never been to uh the Red Rock, very nice facility, and we've got a great program lined up for everybody. And and as Doug mentioned last week, you know, really good timing, right, Doug? For yeah, you know, you know, the thing we talk about about the event is that you know the quality of the program is really bringing together all these stakeholders, including these award winners who are going to be part of the program and be recognized. But you know that November tenth is when enrollment will be winded down, and when the opportunity for everyone to gather and see what's happening, what has happened, and also it's the first strategic look into 2016, which I think is very, very important about uh, what we're doing November 10th to 12th. And, and we'll be able to give a uh, – our leaders will be able to give a perspective on what happened in the election a week before. Mm-hmm. You know. What happened on the election, and, and we're really tracking that right now. And we're also going to track that, um, you know, moving in. We had a planning meeting yesterday for, for next year's events that we're going to roll out, and um, there will be some big news on – and something else we're going to be doing uh, that we'll announce to everybody at a later date. But, um, you know, really looking at what the election's going to mean to this whole healthcare benefit space. Um, you know, you got a lot of, you got a lot of things going on politically that, um, could alter the, the track of the healthcare law or could move plan designs in, in a different yep. direction. Yep. So we got to, we're paying attention to that. Um, but also staying, you know, staying tight to, to what healthcare consumerism is all about, as we always talk about it, it's a megatrend. Yep. No matter what happens in, in Washington, um, 
you know, it's still going to keep chugging down the road. Yeah, and, well, you know, we want uh, our audience to be aware of the compliance issues around putting the right consumerism programs in place. But you're right, Brian. I mean, consumerism is here. It's growing uh, at a rapid pace. And uh, uh, it's because a lot of this innovation, a lot of these innovative benefit leaders inside companies and these innovators getting stuff done. And, you know, you know I want to pause uh, to our audience and also say that listeners that, you know, if you're hearing something on this program today that you want to capture and share, remember this comes up as a podcast on our website next week, and it's also out on a YouTube channel that's gaining in popularity. And we've got a lot of downloads on a monthly basis uh, from this YouTube channel. So it, we give you the ability to share this with your peers and others in your network. Right. And we'd love to, if anyone's interested in, in joining us on the program, uh, Jonathan Field, who is our managing editor, handles all the, the booking for the radio program. If you're interested, we'd love to have you share some insight on, on what you're doing and where you see the market as well. Again, you know, we're all about learning, you know, connecting and sharing information for for everybody to, to understand, you know, where this whole healthcare consumerism market's moving and, and that's really the objective of this program. And you can see all the archives and, and all the uh, you know the guests that we've had in the past. And I know Doug I had printed out a few things uh, about the industry, um, you know, looking at voluntary benefit sales, there was a study that came out from, uh, looks like Eastbridge Consulting, where they talked about the uh, the increase in voluntary benefit selling, sales. And, you know, that was, that's something that, you know, probably was to be expected, um, seeing as a lot of voluntary products sit outside the the realm of the healthcare law, mm-hmm. and yeah, and it's not surprising with the uh, the growth of full replacement HSA programs. You know, running running as part of the benefit package is an enhanced supplemental and voluntary benefit package, where mm-hmm. you're giving your, your employees the ability as consumers to make choices on what plans better fit their family, their lifestyle. And I think we're only going we're only beginning. We're at the just the beginning of seeing where. We believe voluntary, and I think the voluntary players themselves see this with all the aggressive moves they're making, where the private exchange market is going to really impact supplemental health and voluntary benefits. Mm-hmm. And I had a couple of discussions this week with, with some some voluntary benefits companies that, you know, are looking, you know, they've even moved to the point where they're actually designating a position inside of the organization to focus directly on the private exchanges because they know it's a distribution model for them. Yep. And if they're not there, um, you know, they're – there could be some distribution um, with their products that they miss with some employers and and or employee consumers who go to pick products within these exchanges. And um, you know, there was a couple of things that came out. Uh, also, if you look at digital health, and this is something we've really <laughs> turned our sights on um, big time. Digital health is is moving pretty quick in this market. Um, has been for a little while, but I think. It's really got its legs underneath it, and and the digital health piece, um, we're going to actually focus on at IHC Forum West, and and continue to focus on it uh, throughout next year. As yeah, well. for our, for our June event next year, we are going to uh, launch a whole digital in- innovation showcase where mm-hmm. we will have all these various different companies in the digital health space uh, demonstrating, you know, their solutions. Mm-hmm. Uh, very, very important part of the whole plan. We hear about the wearables, you know, you could put telehealth in that space, you know, mm-hmm. with what they're doing, telehealth. Uh, you certainly have, you know, what is happening with the uh, remote monitoring and remote devices uh, and the connected, the whole connected care, 
you know, pieces of space and the explosion of apps, you know, not just health apps, but, you know, it goes out even to healthcare apps. Just, uh, yeah, there's a proliferation of new solutions moving into the marketplace right now. And I know, Doug, you got an invite to go to the uh, Hero Think Tank meeting yep. that's coming up uh, coming up here shortly. Um, good group there. And yeah, we'll be there always gone and yep. kind of mingled there. And, you know, I, I can see some of the... The digital health and and even the traditional you know health wellness companies you know they're they're going to be there and should be an interesting meeting there. Yeah, we and we actually participated and helped them uh, with a major survey they're doing. So it'll be interesting to hear the results in September at their Hero annual meeting. Yeah. So wrapping up uh, this segment of news and views, everybody, there's still uh, the $99 super saver rate. Uh, if you go to the IHCC backslash forum, uh, you can go right to um, the events page and then just navigate to there to the uh, – you can click on a banner there and it will take you to the registration page. Had some really good uh, companies come through last night to come attend the event. Some big Fortune 500 companies, glad to see that. And uh, So make sure you're in that room, whether you're a solution provider uh, looking to showcase your products or whether you're an employer, broker, consultant looking to – figure out what your next moves are um you know we invite you to sign up for the 99 dollars super saver rate and uh everybody stay tuned next segment of healthcare consumerism coming up Good job. hey everybody this is brent macy managing director for the institute for healthcare consumerism and you've heard us talk a lot about private healthcare exchanges on the program for anyone who's interested in listening to this program now visit privatehealthcareexchanges.com and enter promo code ihc radio for special discounts on subscriptions to the site did you miss a show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on AmericasWebRadio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on AmericasWebRadio.com anytime you like. Certification. Do you know why becoming a certified healthcare consumerism specialist is more important than ever in 2014? Adding this specialized designation to your credentials tells employers or your clients that you understand how much our industry has changed and how to navigate that change successfully. IHC University's certification program offers coursework both online and live at their biannual forum conference series, and testing is completed online. Reaffirm your position as a leader in the health and benefit management industry. Download our certification overview and learn more at www.theihcc.com. That's www.theihcc.com. You're listening to America's AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Healthcare Consumerism Radio. This is Brent Macy, Managing Director of the Institute for Healthcare Consumerism, along with CEO and founder Doug Field. the next guest here, very interesting guest here coming up and, um, you know, doing some very interesting things uh, in the transparency space, plus some more things as well with a new product they got. We want to welcome uh, Todd Covert, National Director of Strategy with Mutual of Omaha. Todd, welcome to the program. Well, thanks for having us. I appreciate it. Now, you guys are doing some pretty interesting things uh, with this new product. Tell us, you know, Todd, tell us a little bit more about uh, Mutual of Omaha and then uh, a little bit more about what you're doing with this new product. Sure. Um, as you well may not know, um, Mutual has really been in the employee benefits arena uh, for about the last 60 years. And what we wanted to do a few years back, um, about three years ago, we really wanted to start bringing some more shared value for both our partners 
and for our customers. Um, we really wanted to focus on the cost of healthcare. We we exited the healthcare space uh, about three years prior to that, so about six years ago. Um, so we have some pretty good knowledge about how networks are built and how claims are really on an unsustainable path, and we wanted to use some of that knowledge and some of our relationships with consultants and brokers around the country to really get at the actual cost of healthcare. So um, we are uh, we are on our road, so so to speak. So 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 this is uh, Empower three hundred and sixty is actually the solutions uh, brand name, correct? That's correct, and it's uh, completely owned by Mutual of Omaha. Okay, and uh, we. Uh, have uh, over a couple hundred people within uh, the Mutual of Omaha Group Benefit Division working on the project. That's excellent. I mean, you talk a lot about it being a strategy, uh, you know, versus sometimes we think of this these as tools. So talk about that a little bit. Sure. That's a, that's a great point. Um, you know, we've really got a, you know, we believe that there's been 146% variance in workers' wages and healthcare contributions over the last year, uh, over the last 15 years. So we believe that we can't just keep putting more risk and more exposure onto the employee or change the financing of, of who's paying for care or trying to really suppress the demand of healthcare. Um, we've got to use some of our bandwidth, so to speak, to really focus on the root cause of the problem, which is the cost of healthcare. So it really is a strategy. It's not just about one piece. And we'll talk about kind of really what we believe is the episode of care, which is medical cost and quality, prescription drug waste that employers are losing in the PBM world, misdiagnosis and unwarranted use. Um, really, it's our biggest problem yet. We're, um, we're not focusing on that enough. Um, 12 million Americans every year are misdiagnosed. Um, wow. We'll kind of talk to you about some of those solutions as well, and then directly contracting with providers when we can. What do you see? Uh, what are the key? I mean, you, you kind of talked about some of the difference, but when you look at the competitive landscape, I mean, there's a lot of room for players in this space. But when you look at what did you look at from a strategy standpoint and to make your solution different from the other players in this space? Sure. Um, that's a good point. Um, really what we've tried to do is focus on engagement mm-hmm. and bringing in the entire episode of care. Um, you know, there's a lot of pieces out there in the marketplace, whether it be online transparency tools, um, carrier tools, um, prescription drug tools. Um, there's actually a couple services now that offer second opinion services, mm-hmm. and there's some people that do direct contracting. Um, but what we've done is we've brought all of that under one technology platform, one strategy, as well as one uh, intake because we have a number of clinical nurses um, in our program that mm-hmm. help navigate the employee through that episode of care. So really what it looks like is, you know, John or Betty calls in or works online through our technology for a knee replacement or mm-hmm. an MRI. So we're going to give that employee cost and quality, and we've got to be diverse in how we communicate with people. We've got to give them both technology to look that up, but we've also got to give them human, Mm -hmm. um, the human element to help them. So 
John or Betty gets that MRI, he's probably on some type of prescription drug where we're going to attack the spread pricing uh, inside of the PBM world. Um, And then after that, what we're going to do is make sure John or Betty is diagnosed correctly. Mm -hmm. We all know of the misdiagnosis and Unfortunately, this fee-for-service industry we live in, the more they cut, the more they prescribe, the more they get paid. <laughs> so we're going we're gonna to work with um, some of the top 40 hospitals around the United States, like Cleveland Clinic and Hopkins, to make sure that they're diagnosed correctly, that they really do need to get cut or prescribe the medicine, um, get them an updated treatment plan or a proper prognosis and a diagnosis and then maybe even directly contract with centers of excellence around the country um, to complete that episode of care. So, so, so Todd, this is, <clears throat> this is not only a, a transparency component, but this has an a, uh, advocacy component, uh, component for uh, the employees, right? That, that's what you're yeah. really talking about now. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah, that, yes, we do. And what we found is, believe it or not, a lot of cost and quality, um, we all know how confusing health care is. I yeah. think there's, <laughs> you know, who knows how many MRIs there are for a knee with contrast, without contrast, with dye, without dye. You know, you, you get a stress test order. There's, I think, seven or eight different stress test types. Mm-hmm. The common employee is really going to struggle just going to an online solution yep. to look up cost and quality. Um, but there's also a big hole in online cost and quality. And, and really what that is, and one of the things that we're really hanging our hat on, is financial incentives. Um, we all know that we can't really use the stick approach yet because not too many carriers can administer, you know, uh, fluctuating plan design. You go here, right. we pay this. You go here, we pay Y. Right. Um, so what we really try to do is create incentives. And because we own a bank and because we have technology to get your electronic EOBs and all of your HSA under one platform, we're able to create these financial incentives so when people do go and get care, we can reward them. And the most important thing I think people need to realize is 80% of our claim activity comes from 20% of our population on any given year. So what does that mean? That really means that these people, a small portion of these people, are driving a huge amount of our claims. And those people have yep. already been through their deductible. It yep. doesn't matter if you have yep. a high deductible, low deductible. So how do we get them to care? Instead of just getting <laughs> in a small piece of the pie through financial incentives, we're going to motivate and engage everybody. Yep. So one big piece that I think uh, employers really need to consider. I think that's a great point. You know, we talk about that all the time is that, you know, the HSA and the high deductible is one thing, but how do you keep people engaged as healthcare consumers once they reach that 100% coverage or at 80%, yep. whatever that is, you know, whatever it is, but a lot of plans have the 100% after a, after a high deductible. I got another question. I, what's your business model, Todd? What, what's your pricing and business model? You know, our, our business model um, is we um, are per employee per month business model. Okay. It really depends on the size of the group. Um, you know, I think our costs are less than 1% of claims costs. Um, we do have some performance guarantees okay. um, because we actually can verify um, by EOB where somebody went. Um, we can really quantify ROI, and I think that's one other mm-hmm. big place where we're different is being able to um, quantify where somebody was going to go, especially with financial incentives, where they were going to go and where they ended up going. 
to see if transparency is really making a dent because you just have online transparency. Um, it's really a guess of calculating ROI. You know, you know, particularly at this early stage. I mean, like to your point, people need help. They want to, you know, they need accessibility via online, but they're going to re- they reach a point where they want to talk to somebody and get some a little bit of hand holding, get some help. Right. Uh, and t- it's really, you know, again, it's taking that employee. It's not just about medical cost and quality. Yeah, yeah. It's about prescription drugs. It's about yep. misdiagnosis yep. and unwarranted use. And it's about directly contracting uh, with those providers when they do when they do need a knee replacement or a hip replacement. So. And what's the typical size of company target, or is there one that that you guys are focused on? You know, I, I think you know self-funded employers are obviously you know okay. um, uh, is the key. Right. Um, we'll go down to a couple hundred lives. Um, so, and then we go up to you know. Think our largest group right now is about twelve thousand employees. Okay, okay. Right. Todd, we we got about a couple minutes left on the program here, and, and want to give you a chance, kind of give us a feel for where you see the market, you know, in the next you know ten to fifteen years, um, you know, as it relates to transparency and the other moving pieces that you're talking about. Right. I think you know, I think employers we need to come together mm-hmm. and really fight and focus on the actual cost of care use some of our bandwidth, some of our resources to put pressure on providers to to, um, to give us better cost and better quality. Um, that if we don't come together and, and, and focus on that, then, you know, we're completely on this unsustainable path. It's it's mathematically broke, broken. I think Warren Buffett said it perfectly a couple of weeks ago. He said, you know, we don't have an access issue. We have a cost issue. Mm-hmm. And um, I think technology will continue to grow. I think we're living in this connected economy now, or connected, really, industry where, you know, we've exited the, really, the, the blue collar, the industrial revolution. We're going into this connected economy. I think wearables, um, yeah. technology will continue to uh, advance, you know, the Moore's Law of every seven years. I think, you know, technology will continue to innovate inside of healthcare. To make things um, to make, make things better for employees, and I think eventually, if we stay in this um, self-funded arena inside of the corporate employer world, I think uh, there's going to be a lot more direct contracting. I think um, we yeah. see that with Lowe's, and I think uh, Walmart is doing a lot of direct contracting, um, and that'll eventually go down to the middle and large market. So uh, those are really the three things that I see happening. Um, over the next five to five to ten years. Yeah. Now, Todd, um, again, everybody, we're talking about the Empower 360 product uh, from Mutual of Omaha. Todd, let, let everybody know how uh, they can contact you about the product or, or, or find more information on the product. Sure. Um, you can contact me. I'm on uh, LinkedIn. Just uh, Todd Covert, uh, C-O-V as in Victor, E-R-T. Um, I give you my cell phone number. It's 248 756 and 248-756-0569, or you can contact me via email at todd.covert at mutualofomaha.com. Hey, Todd, we really appreciate you uh, coming on the program with us this morning, and uh, have a great, great weekend. To the rest of our audience, stay tuned for the next segment of Healthcare Consumerism Radio.
Hey, everybody. Brent Macy, Managing Director for the Institute for Healthcare Consumerism. And it's that time again. I want to make you aware of IHC Forum West, November 10th through 12th at the Red Rock Casino in beautiful Las Vegas, Nevada. We do have $99 Super Saver rates now available. Visit our website, theihcc.com, to register. Hi, I'm Dr. Mike Karuchak. Join me and my co-host, Dr. Hal Schertz, every Thursday morning at 8 a.m. and listen to The Doctor's Lounge, where you get a private insight into the conversations that doctors have amongst themselves. Join us Thursday, 8 a.m. every week. Solution providers, are you aware of the Institute for Healthcare Consumerism's multiple marketing platforms? You're invited to get a little closer to IHC with our Solution Provider Membership Marketing Program. Through IHC's exclusive Solution Provider Membership, your business gets an all-access pass to engaging your prospects. This membership embeds your business within the Institute, which immediately aligns your company, its solutions, and your key executives with the nationally credible IHC brand and shows your support of the healthcare consumerism movement as a market-wide solution. And that's just the beginning. Contact IHC's Managing Director, Brent Macy, today at bmacy at the ihcc.com. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. Hey, this is Doug Field, CEO of the Institute for Healthcare Consumerism, along with my co-host, Brent Macy, Managing Director. And welcome back to Healthcare Consumerism Radio. Uh, to continue the discussion around all the different moving parts of healthcare consumerism, we have joining us uh, the CEO of Interactive Health, in fact, the new CEO of Interactive Health since uh, July, uh, Kathy Kenworthy. Kathy, good morning. Good morning, Doug. How are you? I'm doing great. Hey, congratulations on assuming the CEO role uh, earlier this summer. It's a real privilege. Thank you very much. Give, give our audience a little background on Interactive Health, and then let's talk about wellness and healthcare consumerism. Sure. Uh, interactive Health is a pioneer in providing preventative care to employees on behalf of employer groups. We have been in the business for uh, many decades. Uh, I know last year you all had a chance to uh, talk with Joe O'Brien on this program, and I know Mm -hmm. how much he enjoyed that, uh, our former CEO. And, you know, it's just it's a space we're very passionate about. We take a very clinically rigorous and fairly specific approach and are thrilled with the kind of impact that we have on employees across the country. And then earlier this year, you acquired Health Solutions, did you not, did you not Charlie, that's, and his group? That's correct, uh, yeah. Uh, we, um, we really are the largest independent provider of wellness programs, and we offer really now the, very, the full spectrum of almost every concept um, in the wellness arena. We continue to innovate and build upon that, but we, uh, we're very pleased about the marriage with Health Solutions. We have some really common cultural underpinnings in terms of uh, an employee base that's passionate about employee health. And so we're we're having a great time with that. Kathy, this is Brent. There's um, and congratulations on becoming the CEO. Um, Thank you, Brent. There's a lot of a lot of wellness players out there in the space. What what really makes you guys different from the other players in the market? Thanks. Yeah, it is. It's terrific that um, wellness is now something that I think has become much more commonplace in terms of um, employer groups really thinking through what kind of wellness strategy makes sense for their employee groups. So we welcome lots of participants in the market. But what makes us different is really the comprehensiveness of our program. Um, We really intentionally knit together every element of our program to be able to accomplish a very specific goal, which is changing, in truth, the individual health outcomes. And we've done a lot of work 
on the data that supports that claim, and I'd love to share more of that with you. Um, our programs are customized. We really mm-hmm. pride ourselves on working very closely with employer groups to tailor something that's going to fit very carefully into um, their culture and what's important within the culture, and we know that's an important key. We have a lot of experience in doing this. Um, we've been doing this for several decades across um, the entire um, company. And so that experience allows us to draw upon a lot of interesting options in terms of how to design those programs. We work with over 2,000 clients from uh, small little companies you may have heard of, like General Motors, to Mm -hmm. um, hundreds (laughs) of small and mid-sized businesses that we're very proud to work with. And so we're able to draw upon that experience to really do the first two things that I said, which is comprehensive, customized, and programs that really drive results. Yeah, you know, Kathy, I like what you talk about of some of your initiatives that, you know, you work with your employers to put wellness programs in place in concert with helping them create better consumers of health and health care, something we talk about a lot. And I really like that philosophy because I think that that is the end game that we're all trying to do in this space, you know, create better consumers of health and health care. Correct. And Correct. Yeah, and, and it's really interesting as I've had a chance to read up a little bit on uh, your organization and the work that you do to promote the innovation uh, within this space around consumerism. And, and I do think, and I think our company feels very strongly, that um, in the end it's all of us as individuals taking accountability and taking real pride in being preventative, real pride in being proactive with regard to living a long and happy and healthy mm-hmm. life, and that takes... Um, like many other things in life, when we have a goal, we're able to work towards that goal and make sure that, that we're knowledgeable, targeted, specific interactions, and that's what we really work hard with, with employees to do. You know, consumerism has become, obviously, a, a significant word and trend and, and um, topic within healthcare, and, you know, we really think there's a lot of lessons from other walks of life that can be applied to helping all of us be co- consumers about our healthcare. You know, you know, Kathy. We talk about wellness, and uh, and we we can't have that discussion without also talking about <clears throat> the chronic care parts of our population. And if, and if we don't really help them manage that, I think you guys are doing some unique things around diabetes and and, and pre-diabetes programs. Can you talk a little bit about that, please? Uh, I'd love to. I mean, exactly to your point. Um, it's it's particularly important that those individuals who find themselves um, either at risk for or actually in process of managing a chronic condition to take particular attention to being preventative and proactive in terms of their care. We know from our work that somebody who is at risk of prediabetes has tremendous opportunity to avert the progression to diabetes, which obviously once you reach that stage, um, you know, you're going to be there for life. So there's a huge premium in terms of helping draw people back from that brink. Uh, we know from the work that we do that within one year of identifying somebody who is pre-diabetic, and by the way, many people um, don't have any understanding of their risk for pre-diabetes in the employee populations that we work with. We do a lot of specialized testing mm-hmm. to be able to uniquely identify pre-diabetics through mm-hmm. a combination of glucose, A1C, health evaluation, and other information that we utilize. We find within one year of working with individuals who are pre-diabetic, 43% of them move all the way back to a healthy state. That's creating enormous opportunity for that individual in terms of, um, you know, continuing to lead a healthy life and having averted 
um, that potential progression to diabetes. We also know that, say, as employer groups, significant money, the cost of care for a pre-diabetic might be $500, the cost of care for um, somebody who is, um, you know, in an advanced stage of diabetes can run $20,000, if not more. And then to tie in the consumerism piece, obviously that, that could create a significant financial burden for the individual. So we're very passionate about our work with um, diabetes. At the other end of the spectrum, we will encounter individuals who are at significant progression of diabetes, mm-hmm. maybe in a really panic out of control stage and still unaware many times. And so we've had dramatic progress we've been able to make with those individuals. We'll see 70 to 80 percent of those individuals in the course of a year moving all the way back into a control status with their Mm -hmm. diabetes. We'll see over a 100-point drop in glucose, over a two-point drop in A1C values, and things that are very significant in terms of the clinical remediation of that situation. So we take a lot of pride in our work overall, but we have maybe a special place in our heart for um, those individuals who are facing prediabetes or diabetes. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it's a, you know, something close to an epidemic in this country, yeah. and um, it's something that's very, very important to be attentive to. Now, Kathy, with the, and I'm assuming that engagement is a, is a very big role in, in all of this. Kind of talk a little bit about engagement and how you, how you guys, one, get someone engaged, but then keep them engaged in these programs. Sure. Um, You know, engagement, and I know many speakers in your program have talked about the importance of balancing communication and incentive Mm -hmm. design, and we believe strongly in both elements of that, having Mm -hmm. the right communication, uh, communication that helps people feel like it's attainable to be engaged, um, communication that doesn't provoke anxiety but provokes the sense of empowerment and a sense of, I can do this, um, making it safe for people to engage. We think all those elements are very important from a communication and cultural alignment. Um, incentives matter, um, and we work very hard with our employer groups to make sure that there are incentives, um, uh, you know, usually a carrot, maybe some stick, but mm-hmm. hopefully a good balance of those incentives that um, will get people's attention and get them involved. But then to your point, the real trick is to keep somebody engaged and to do that year-round, and our programming is very effective um, at doing that. We work with people very carefully early to know their numbers to make sure that um, that's, a, that's a huge part of being an empowered consumer, know where you stand. Uh, we offer coaching outreach to the populations that most need it. We find 2 to 3% of the population, um, our real agenda is uh, from a coaching vantage point to help that individual connect to formal care in the medical system. They may have significant issues um, that are causing real medical risk, whether Mm -hmm. that be cancer possible, uh, unfortunately, or significant progression of various kidney, liver, other kinds of diseases. And so we don't diagnose, but we really work hard with that individual to connect them into the appropriate element of medical care. We have um, significant portions of the population, generally 30 to 35% of the population, who have something else going on with regard to risk, maybe around the prediabetes that I mentioned, metabolic syndrome, things of that sort. Mm -hmm. And many of those conditions can be averted through um, help in terms of nutrition, fitness, medication, smoking cessation, things of that sort. So we'll work across a broad continuum to help those individuals. Um, there's many individuals that are healthy, and the goal is to stay healthy. And so 
we have a lot of programming around challenges and other kinds of things that can be helpful to that. One other quick element I wanted to mention is that we have a very highly trafficked website and close to half a million people will be active users wow. of our website this year. They'll spend over 10 minutes per visit, which I think is very, very significant in terms of um, web activity. And there's a multitude of resources, um, interactive calculations, interactive tools that help people personalize and reach for the help that they may need and be able to take further action based on that. So a year-round approach we know is, in the end, the thing that will drive outcomes and help make the changes that I'm talking about. Kathy, we got a, about a minute or two left on this program. and. Um you know, tell our audience, you know, where, where do you see the wellness market, you know, over the next five to five to six years um, moving? And then let them know how they can uh, get a hold of you guys for more information on your services. Sure. Well, let's start just by saying come visit us at interactivehealthinc.com. We have lots of good information on um, client testimonials um, and other resources that can be very informative. So come see us there right away. Um, and over the next five or six years, I mean, it's a very exciting time in our industry. I think we have um, really only scratched the surface of the kind of impact that preventative care can have on employees and employer groups. Uh, we see really these programs becoming mainstream. And as employers work more and more towards really trying to drive towards accomplishing individual health outcomes, individual health change, and being very measured and specific in terms of um, being able to see those outcomes, we know that programs like ours have a lot of momentum, and so we look forward to continuing to play in that market. Well, Kathy, we, we really appreciate having you on the program today. And um, to everyone who, who's out there, wellness is a big uh, big piece of everything that we do and will be covered at IHC Forum West coming up November 10th through 12th. And, um, and we really appreciate um, your sponsorship at our May event um, that we had, Kathy. So thank you very much for that. Um, and, again, interactive health, and you have some very good uh, products and solutions. So go visit Kathy and her team. And to everybody else, stay tuned for the next segment of Healthcare Consumerism Radio. Doug and team, thanks so much. We appreciate it. Membership. Are you an IHC member? Access to the Institute for Healthcare Consumerism's breaking news, industry trends, expert blogs, and networking with IHC's industry-wide member community. IHC membership puts you at the focal point of the dynamic health and benefit industry, allowing you to join the conversation and collaborate with industry stakeholders and your peers. Your IHC membership includes a subscription to Healthcare Consumerism Solutions Magazine, Healthcare Exchange Solutions Magazine, Annual Publications Healthcare Solutions Superstars, and Healthcare Solutions Outlook. A free white paper, and much more. Sign up as a free IHC member or $99 premium IHC member today at www.theihcc.com. That's www.theihcc.com. Did you miss a show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on americaswebradio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on AmericasWebRadio.com anytime you like.
Hey everybody, this is Brent Macy, Managing Director for the Institute for Healthcare Consumerism, and you've heard us talk a lot about private healthcare exchanges on the program. For anyone who's interested in listening to this program now, visit privatehealthcareexchanges.com and enter promo code IHC Radio for special discounts on subscriptions to the site. This is America's Webradio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Healthcare Consumerism Radio. This is Brent Macy, Managing Director of the Institute for Healthcare Consumerism, along with my CEO and founder of the Institute for Healthcare Consumerism, Doug Field. And I actually want to welcome Michael Berry and uh, it's actually Adam Berry onto the program with uh, American Health Value. Adam, welcome to the program. How are you this morning? Hey, good. Um, now, I know uh, you guys have been in the uh, the HSA space for a long time. Kind of talk to us a little bit about uh, American Health Value and what you guys do. All right. Well, we are a privately held uh, national independent HSA administrator, and we are based out of Boise, Idaho, and we were founded in 1996. Mm-hmm. And um, we have accounts in 49 of the 50 states, and we work with agents and carriers nationwide to open health savings accounts for individuals and groups of almost any size. Hey, Adam, uh, this is Doug. Uh, by the way, say hi to Michael uh, when you see him, please. Uh, sorry, I couldn't, will certainly do that. Sorry you couldn't join us. Hey, you're, you're doing some really unique things with Idaho and the, the Idaho MSA program. Talk to us about that. Well, the Idaho MSA program is actually pretty unique. Um, Idaho is actually one of only three states that has a medical savings account program that is not considered an Archer MSA. Mm-hmm. Um, as we all know, those were uh, extinct with the uh, implementation of the health savings account. So um, Montana and Utah are the only other two states that have an actual MSA, just a state MSA. But recently, Idaho has kind of uh, paved the way a little bit because they increased the contribution limits to ten dollars and $20,000 annually mm-hmm. uh, in March of this year. So basically, people who are residents of the state of Idaho um, are eligible to open this medical savings account. Um, It's tied to their uh, tax filing status, Mm -hmm. and so if you file an individual return, you can contribute up to $10,000. If you file a joint return, you can contribute up to $20,000, and that money can be used to pay your health insurance premiums or any eligible medical expense um, defined by the IRS document 502, uh, similar to the HSA. Uh, but basically that money reduces your taxable income on the state mm-hmm. level dollar for dollar as well. Adam, Adam uh, in case some of our audience doesn't, doesn't know, the difference, tell us the difference between an HSA and an MSA. Well, the HSA is a federal program, right. as we all know, and so it's tied to uh, a high deductible insurance policy. Right. So obviously you have to have the qualified HDHP in order to open your health savings account. The Idaho State MSA is just a state program, and it's completely agnostic of any insurance policy. So whether you have a PPO or a high-deductible policy or uh, you're on Medicare uh, or you're uninsured, it's completely irrelevant. As long as you're a state resident, you are eligible to open this medical savings account and fund it based on your tax filing status to reduce your taxable income and pay for uh, eligible medical expenses like health insurance premiums with tax-free dollars. Yeah, thanks for thanks for outlining that. And I think that's where a lot of us in this space would like to see this thing, see it see it go, uh, uh, you know, not be connected to high deductible. Give, give the consumer a lot more freedom of choice, a lot more freedom to, to you know, put money in there and use it for medical expenses. Are you uh, looking at other states with this? 
We could potentially expand this to other states. I think we really wanted to start with our home state mm-hmm. here. Uh, that's why we partnered with Idaho Independent Bank. Mm-hmm. They are a local Idaho bank, and um, as we're uh, based out of Boise, it's our only location. We really wanted to have um, a bank that we could, you know, have have access to. Uh, people have access to in, in different parts of the state, and um, so. Once we get everything kind of nailed down in, in Idaho, I think that we would look at expanding this into different states, particularly Montana and Utah down the road. Uh, when did this roll out, Adam? What was the time to, uh, timeline for this? Well, the MSA, the state MSA, has actually been on the books for quite a while, okay. since the late 90s. Okay. Uh, but for some reason in Idaho, I'm not sure, I can't speak to Utah and Montana, but I know <laughs> that in Idaho, um, from living here, the education level, uh, to the general public, but also to... Uh, insurance professionals, CPAs, people in the, those industries that deal with uh, people's taxes and their health care, um, the education was fairly low. Nobody is aware of this program. There were less than 5,000 in the state. Mm. And so mm. we partnered with the bank on the 1st of January of this year, and then the contribution limits actually were changed by Idaho State House Bill 595 on the 28th of March okay. of this year. So we ended up launching this this program with the bank in mid-May. And so we're in the middle of just kind of a an educational push through uh, insurance professionals, CPAs, financial mm-hmm. planners, and then, of course, Consumer Direct as well to just try to educate as many Idahoans as we can and get the word out about this program. Adam, when you um, when you kind of look at the healthcare space right now, and we talk about it all the time, you've got uh, the emergence of private exchanges uh, out there in the marketplace. You've got the the benefit plan designs moving more towards, you know, the higher deductible type plans, but also the full replacement um, high deductible plans where that's really the only plan option. Where do you see health savings accounts, um, you know, moving in the future given some of these dynamics that are in play? Right. Well, the market is certainly uh, ever-changing. I wouldn't <laughs> say it's unstable, but it's it's definitely something that's fluctuating. And as an HSA administrator, we obviously have been keeping a very close watch on this for quite some time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, with the HSA making its way into the federal exchanges, and obviously, it's you know, they'll be in the private exchanges that are popping up, there's going to be plenty of HSA-qualified plans as well from different carriers. And so the HSA is alive and well. Um, I think it's flourishing. I think the numbers show that, you know, the HSA has continued to grow exponentially throughout the nation. And I think um, as more employers become comfortable with the HDHP HSA option, at least for their employees, and offering at least uh, that dual option, I think that the HSA is just going to continue to to flourish here. Now, when you're Adam, when you're talking with your clients, whether it's an employer out there, whether it's a broker advisor, um, you know, what are the you know one, two, three things that you really talk to them about, you know? regarding the HSA, and do you talk to them about some of the other pieces that marry well um, with that health savings account when you're looking at plan design? We do a little bit. I mean, we don't we don't sell insurance particularly, and so by the time we, we work with these people, they've got their insurance structure in place, and it's obviously a qualified high-deductible plan. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of what we do with our clients is make sure that they have the education they need. I think that's a huge gap in the industry right. right now. I think even people who have health savings accounts typically don't understand them. And I know a lot of people in the general public, you know, you start throwing these quote acronym accounts at them, HSAs, FSAs, right. HRAs. You see just people's eyes kind of glaze over. And so 
that's a big thing that we really try to focus on with our clients is really educating them from an employer level, an HR level, but also an employee level and make sure that, that all the employees that receive these, um, especially in a dual option scenario mm-hmm. where you're going to ask them to choose, you know, would you like this PPO or the copay right. or, you know, do you want to go with this HSA solution? You really need to, to help them understand that benefit they're getting, uh, especially if there's an employer contribution involved. Um, they could be, potentially be leaving a lot of money on the table. And so that's really where our focus is, is trying to educate our clients and our potential clients as to the value in a health savings account, a high deductible policy um, for their employees. Adam, that makes a lot of sense. Is there a typical size of uh, uh, customer for you, an employer size customer? There is not a typical size, mm-hmm. no. We have uh, we work with individuals, definitely, and, mm-hmm. and we work with groups of any size, small employers, um, you know, mom and pop shops, and then we also have a couple uh, much larger clients. So we really tailor our health savings account to the needs of the client, whether that's the individual or, or the group. And depending on the size of the group, I mean, like I said, we're, our major focus is education. So we we really try to to make sure everyone understands the benefits. And so you know, we'll come out and do in person mm-hmm. uh, presentations and, and seminars and things like that for the employees and. And it doesn't matter what the size of the group is. We'll make every effort to make sure everyone understands what they're getting. Okay. And when you're looking at these, the present when you're doing these presentations, is there you know some typical questions that come up um, from the employee population about the uh, the accounts? Yeah, the uh, use it or lose it is a big yeah. is a big one. People continue to. I think they're a little bit more comfortable, or they've heard more about people's FSAs in, in the past, and so. You know, having to pick how much they put in at the start of the year is one typical question. If I don't spend this, do I lose the money? Is another one. Um, you know, there's a lot of a lot of questions. Obviously, if there is an employer contribution involved, then we really try to to make sure people understand that you know that's money that you're keeping in your pocket if you don't choose to spend that money, as opposed to um, a different type of a setup like a PPO plan, where you're essentially just paying money into premiums that you may or may not use with the copay. So um, that's that's a big one for us. Eligible expenses is always a is always a fun one. People mm-hmm. ask a lot of different interesting questions <laughs> as far as what expenses are eligible and, and which ones aren't. And obviously, the rough answer is having to tell people they uh, are no longer eligible to to purchase over the counter medicines and things of that nature. But um, I would say those are pretty common questions. Now, with um, going back to this the Idaho MSA for a second, are you going to have um, any benchmark numbers uh, coming out anytime soon? I know that it's still in the works, and uh, you're going to have any numbers coming out maybe sometime next year around this. Yeah, I would say around this time next year, we would have a great idea of kind of how this program is going to going to work with Idahoans. Great, I would love right to now. I'm sorry. No, I would love to see those when you guys do do have them. Definitely. Uh, absolutely. Um, we got a, we got about a, a minute or two left, and just want to let you know, kind of let the audience know, you know, how they can contact you guys, and one or two good takeaways. Okay. Well, um, we have a website. It's idahomsa.com, and the uh, phone number here nationally, I guess, is eight hundred nine one four three two four eight. And so uh, you can visit that website and. Um, that's a great resource for anyone looking to get more information on the program or to apply. Uh, you can do basically anything anything that you would need to do on, on that website. So um, that's probably the best resource at this point. 
All right, Adam. Thank you so much for joining us on the program today. Everyone else, uh, again, the Super Saver rate for um, for our conference is $99 up through uh, the second week in September. And uh, for everyone who wants access to privatehealthcareexchange.com, we do have the special promotion uh, in the promotion list. Actually type in IHC Radio, and um, you'll get discounts on um, – privatehealthcareexchange.com. Adam, again, thank you so much for joining us on the program. And uh, to everybody else, uh, have a great weekend, and we'll see you next week. Thank you so much. This is AmericasWebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you.